Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Jordan West. I had so much fun interviewing Jordan, and I had no idea what to expect. Usually, I know a little bit about some of the guests that I'm interviewing because I've met them on the different speaker circuits or at conferences or just different paths that we are all going on in our professional lives. But um, Jordan pitched us and we thought his story sounded awesome. And I was um, pleasantly surprised at how interesting and uh, insightful Jordan was in this interview, where we talked about everything from how he got started by buying a Del Mar taco store when he was 22 years old. Fast forward to today where he has grown an e-com store for his wife's business and he started his own agency. And we talk about everything from being an entrepreneur, Facebook advertising, what sucks, what doesn't, what works, what's working, and much more, even some digital detox secrets. So welcome, Jordan. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I'm here with Jordan West, and we were just chatting about how he got started with a Taco Del Mar back in the day, and now he is an agency owner, performance agency owner. We want to hear all about that. Hey, Jordan, how are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, really great to be here and, and great to finally connect with you. Yes, and one of the things we were chatting about, too, is how you love being on podcasts because of the authority building aspect of it. So from a PR standpoint, I love hearing that. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah, totally. So what, uh, what I was thinking about a little bit is it's kind of funny coming from a performance marketing um, standpoint where everything is measured down to the minutia of assisted conversions and all, all of this sort of stuff and really figuring out what um, actually moves the needle. And for me, I'm, I try to be on five podcasts a week. Um, that's my goal. And as an authority play, it's, it's incredible, but it's actually really hard to measure. Um, whereas I, and I think somebody like you, that's um, a little bit more of an authority in, um, in this space could probably tell me that, yeah, it is actually fairly measurable. Um, but to me, it's actually a very hard thing to measure. All I know is that it really helps us um, at the agency and also just helps um, create all of these incredible connections. Well, that's a great KPI right there is that your goal is just to be on five podcasts a week. I love that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, that's not an easy number to achieve. Um, there's a lot more podcasts now than ever before, but still like, you know, you want to, you don't want to just get on any podcast. You want to get on one that's going to match your, your, um, your audience. Totally, totally. Yeah. So I really enjoy when people actually reach out to me. So if you're listening to this, reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. Cause I love, love hearing that. And I've even had a few people be like, yeah, I've, I've heard you on like three or four different podcasts. This is great. Make so, sure you uh, say social PR secrets podcast. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so Jordan, take us back to your early days when you bought a uh, Taco Del Mar Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring you back. I think this is about 10 years now. And um, I was a part-time paramedic at the time. And I always had this, this feeling that I wanted to get into business. So I went on Craigslist and was looking around in the business for sale section, which is just like, that's just not the place you buy a business on Craigslist. <laughs> but there just happened to be two Taco Del Mars for sale there. And I was like, huh, 
a franchise and they were selling it for like $35,000. I'm like, Oh, I mean, what could go wrong? Like worst case, I'm going to lose $35,000 and lose, or sorry, and learn a lot. Um, but the fact is I actually lost a lot more. I probably lost closer to about uh, 150 grand, which I didn't really have to lose at the time. Ouch. Um, I was 23 years old, just newly married, uh, you know, hardly didn't really have a ton of money to lose at that time. <laughs> and, uh, and so over that time, though, we really figured out how to drive traffic. So we ended up tripling the sales over those five years, but still losing all of that money, selling the store for even less. I think I sold it for like 25000 And he didn't even give me all the money in the end. And, uh, and it was one of those experiences that I really do just chalk up to being an incredible learning experience. Um, and I'm not just saying that in, in retrospect. It's like, like during college that time, tuition. It, it really is. Like, I mean, people in, especially in the States, you guys pay easily that for, for four years. So I I'm up in Canada where, uh, I don't know, things are cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was, it was an incredible experience. Uh, I think probably the, the thing that really shifted my context and my, um, my thinking with all of it was, uh, that we were owned by subway at the time. Uh, so, you know, one of the biggest franchisors in the world. Uh, and so I got to go to all of the meetings um, with the big subway execs and as well, the subway agencies um, that were that were a part of like the different areas. And it was incredible to see these agencies work. And not only that, but like, I thought that marketing was this like crazy secretive sort of world. And it really isn't. There's just a lot of guessing and a lot of testing, especially when you can't really measure results, which it was very hard for these agencies to measure results across a chain, right? So that was that was really, really interesting. And I look back actually on some of these agencies now that I'm in the agency world and I'm like, oh my gosh, you were at Taco Del Bar. Like, I totally know you guys. <laughs> That's so funny. So did that inspire you to start an agency? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I just, I loved marketing though. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. And so what happened was throughout that time, we had our first child. Uh, that was about seven years ago now. And my wife started making um, baby leggings for her because we couldn't find leggings that would fit over top of cloth diapers, um, which is a whole nother discussion, like cloth diapers, worst decision that we've ever made. Um, but we made the decision pretty quick to stop cloth diapers. <laughs> and so we, uh, so my wife made these leggings because of her uh, background in fashion design, um, made these leggings. People loved them. She brought them to markets and people would buy them. Um, and then I asked her, hey, can we start running Facebook ads and see if we can do anything with this? And uh, and so we did, and we just sell out of everything that we had because we really didn't have much inventory at the time. It wasn't really a business at that point, but we were running Facebook ads. And I look back now at the beginning of that account that I started, I'm still running the same Facebook ads account and our return on ad spend was like 90 at the time. <laughs> so like put a dollar in, get 90 out, which is unheard of now, right? Yeah, um, was that I, like right when Facebook ads came out? It was totally, it was when like newsfeed ads started to come out, right? There was right-hand column, you know, at the beginning, this is when newsfeed ads came out. And all I would do is just take, I wasn't even running conversion campaigns. I would just take an ad and run it as uh, an engagement post. That's it. Just like, hey, Facebook, find me engagement. Because I didn't know any better. I, I knew <laughs> nothing at the time. All I knew is that we were selling out of everything that we had and continually growing the business. That's awesome. So how did you end up where you are now with your mindful marketing agency? Yeah. So actually all of this was born out of the clothing company. So the clothing company um, scaled and we're actually, uh, we're at mid seven figures, hopefully eight figures next year. Congrats. And What's the name yeah, of it? It's called Little and Lively. 
And is that uh, something that we can visit online? Totally. Yeah. Just go to littleandlively.com. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll check. Yeah. That so. Out. Uh, so, so the clothing company was going, was going amazingly. Uh, what wasn't working was my wife and I both being in charge. Uh, so I was super good at the marketing side, at the business side, all that kind of back end sort of stuff. And she was the face of the brand, uh, as well as, um, the person that the staff needed to go to. Right. So, so there was this sort of awkwardness with the two of us being in charge and people started to come to me for consulting. This was about three years ago. And I would just come and help them. And I wouldn't even charge people. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'll show you how we built this business. And uh, I think we were just sort of seven figures at that point, which for, you know, a little startup is, is a lot of money, right? And it's, yeah, it's that's not cool. bad. Yeah, it's quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of growth. Um, where it's funny because now we're on the like acquisition trail uh, with Little and Lively and we're not looking at any companies to acquire under doing under a million in sales. But at the time it just seems, and it is a lot. It really is. That's, it's a really good number to hit. Like feel proud if you hit that, uh, you know, when you hit that seven figure mark. Um, but for, for us, it just wasn't working uh, there and we have a great relationship, but it just, the, the working relationship wasn't working. So I, so I started doing the consulting and then I decided, you know, I'm going to start taking some clients on. So I was just kind of a glorified freelancer at that point. And I brought in a business partner, Sean, and, uh, and we've ended up growing this agency to, I think there's 13 of us now. And, um, and my, my days are filled up with strategy for clients, uh, and then coming on great podcasts like yours and talking about what is possible, uh, in e-commerce these days, because we're really in the infant right and COVID has sped it up enormously but we're still in the infancy and there's so many things that people can do to um, really be successful yeah so tell us about your your e-com agency and what what type of clients do you work on and I want to hear the story of how you made two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a day without using any advertising yes yes the Facebook ads agency that talks about not using Facebook ads yes yes how did that how did that happen yeah totally so I'll tell you a little bit about the agency so we generally work with um with sort of mid six figure to anywhere up to uh, low eight figure um, companies, anything above that. And generally people have in-house media buyers that they're working with. So what we're really, really obsessed with is, uh, is getting high return on ad spend um, for clients. Uh, we're obsessed with profit, right? Especially being business owners ourselves, we understand that that makes a huge difference. So being able to acquire customers um, predictably, uh, is really what what we're obsessed with. So we work with um, just physical product uh, e-commerce stores, um, but that's sort of like the the agency is amazing. I'm like so happy when I see our team getting incredible results. Uh, but what gets me really really excited is trying out new initiatives. So what we've been trying out at, and so we test everything from within the agency uh, on Little and Lively. Uh, that's the great thing, right? So we awesome. have this. Yeah, we have this test case that really we can test anything that we want as long as it's on brand. And because my wife is really in charge of the brand, I'm in charge of all the other marketing and she's in charge of like maintaining the integrity of the brand. Um, it's pretty easy for me to run these ideas by her. So uh, what we decided and from my podcast, um, Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I get a lot of really good tips from e-commerce store owners. And one of the tips that somebody had given me was um, starting a Facebook VIP group. And this is about a year ago and I'd heard about it and I thought, I, I just didn't really get how to do it or why it even mattered. I'm like, well, it's just a, another group on Facebook. Who cares? But we decided to try it because she told me how she would sell out of launches. Um, her entire launch would be sold out uh, just when she gave her Facebook VIP group access. What? 
how is this possible? So we started a Facebook VIP group and started to see these incredible things happen as we had about a thousand members in there. Um, people would just answer questions. So somebody would come in and be like, oh, hey, what's the sizing like for this? And we would, you know, immediately jump in and be like, oh, it's this and this and this. And then we realized, oh man, there's like 30 people answering the question for them and sending pictures and doing all of our customer service work for us. This is incredible. So now that group is, uh, it's about 8,000 people now. Um, and we were, we were thinking like, okay, well, how can we make this group, how can we give this group even more um, value? So we decided that we were going to do our big launches to the group first. So we would give them early access. So what we do is we shut the website down for about 12 to 24 hours before, depending on what the launch is like. Uh, and then launch. What, what, what do you mean by the launch? Oh, sorry. So, so for, for most of the apparel companies, uh, so we've got two apparel brands. So for our brands, um, we do, uh, a bunch of different launches throughout the year. Uh, so this one is like our fall winter launch. Um, the one, the one that I'm talking about. Uh, so for about two weeks before we'll let them know, Hey, this is the new collection that's coming out. Um, this is, uh, if you want early access, join our VIP group or our VIP SMS group. So for, for, to get text messages. Okay. So just to clarify, so the Facebook VIP group is for your wife's apparel company. Yes. Okay. Not the agency. Okay. Got it. Not the agency. No, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, so this, yes. yeah, yeah. So this, so this big launch was, is for the apparel company that we're talking right. about. Right. Okay, now. cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, so, so we have this VIP community, which we, with, with our clients where we try and walk people through how to create these communities as well. So we, we joke around at mindful marketing that we're the Facebook ads agency that gets you off Facebook ads, because that's the way that you're really going to build uh, a company uh, the sustainable sort of company. And I, I love Facebook ads. I, I think that they're incredible. I love Google ads. I love kind of love Snapchat, <laughs> sort of love Pinterest. Uh, I think paid ads are, are amazing and they're a really predictable way to grow, but getting people into your own lists is really where it's at. And again, today we've had, we had a really small launch. Uh, and I, I think we're probably close to $70,000 on this launch with no ads. Um, so this is something we do often, right? It's, it's really now become very predictable. So um, and this was not even a gated launch. So let, let me talk a little bit more about the gated portion of this launch. So we lock the website, we put a password on it. And two hours before we give access to everybody else, we give access to our VIP group through SMS and through posting on the Facebook group. Uh, in this first two hours of the launch, we did $120,000 of sales. And that was, so people had to come to the website, put a password in, and then come into the website uh, and then purchase. So it's great because they've made this little micro commitment by putting the password in, right? They feel exclusive because they are, because they, they have to enter this password uh, and then they can come in and buy. And so the conversion rate is like 10% or something. It's like super high conversion rate because people have already committed to getting into this website. That's amazing. So that's mostly B2C. Do you think that would work with B2B? That's a really good question. I mean, I think that, I think that there's some really good B2B use cases out there, um, particularly like in the SaaS world where, um, people are signing up for beta, uh, and they're, and they're not getting access right away. I've actually signed up for two things recently where I haven't gotten access right away. And I'm so pumped as soon as they send me, um, the actual access. So I think that it's, it, this is nothing new that we're doing. We're using just psychology to, to be able to get people to purchase, right? Um, we're not doing fake, we're not using fake scarcity either. That's one thing. Uh, authenticity is super, super important to us. And I don't know if you can tell, like, I, I don't want to, 
um, I don't want to try to sell somebody something that they don't want. That just makes no sense to me. And it doesn't, doesn't lead to, to great relationships. Yeah. And if they're joining a VIP Facebook group, that means they want to be part of the community. They want to be part of the brand, right? Yes. It's like, yes, number, totally. like, you know, really basically a qualifying factor for they're going to be the first ones that are going to want to know about something and act on something. Totally. Totally. That's, that's exactly it. Just um, switching gears to Facebook ads. So what do you think are, what are some of the trends right now that e-com brands need to know and just, or just in general, like how do you feel about Facebook ads today? Yeah, I mean, we're, so we're in 2020, we're in early November while we're recording this. October was a bloodbath. It was the worst October we've ever seen. Um, luckily, uh, you know, our brand um, survived pretty well uh, as far as Facebook ads, but our return on ad spend even for us was down 35%. Uh, we saw a lot of clients return on ad spend just tank um, because of the election. Um, things were really, really tough, but November we've seen come back. I, I think that things are going to level off. I think the election had a lot to do with that. Uh, did you, did you see that coming? Did you feel like you were no. predictable? Yeah, no. I, I've heard the no. same thing. Yeah, with my clients, same thing. Like, why, why was it such a bad week last week? Well, now in hindsight, we know. Of course, it was like mid-October when we're like, what is going on? Why is like everything that we, that normally works not working? Yeah. And, and if you think about, it's not just people running ads, right? It wasn't just all the political ads that were, that were ruining it. Um, it was everybody else that's posting about all of this. They're taking up the newsfeed with all of this information that is not by my product, yeah. right? It's, it's same, all same this like- Totally, totally. And it's all this like fear-based political kind of stuff, which whether it's true or not, I mean, that's, it's, there's no judgment. It's just that like people were thinking about different things. Um, and there's also, I think in the United States right now, there's a lot of uncertainty um, over what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and you I guys mean, have a lot I of job losses. Buying stuff, like stupid stuff, like, you know, stuff that I, I actually know I'm going to buy, like it's in my shopping cart. I'm like, okay, I'll go back tomorrow. Like, I'm not really sure. Like everybody's just in this, like, you know, a little bit of dazed and confused state, but I think it's going to get better. I, I think so too. And I, I think that one thing to keep in mind is that 2020 has been like unprecedented in so many ways. And so buying behavior is completely different this year, right? Like we had, it's like, we've been having Novembers, at least in, in, in our clients accounts and in our accounts, we've been having Novembers every single month. And then October yeah. came around and we're like, well, and sorry, and November being like the best month yeah, ever. Yeah, like a Black Friday month. Yeah, yeah. And that's basically been like for, for most of the brands that we work with, it's been like that every month because there's just been uh, e-commerce e is on fire right now in a good way. Um, but and then October hit and we just don't know what happened, right? Like it, it just, it fell off of a cliff. So um, I, I truly believe that things are going to go back to normal. Um, maybe ad costs will be up a little bit, but they're never going to go back down to what they were in March. That was incredible. Uh, that was an incredible time to be purchasing uh, ads at that point. And there's still lots of great plays out there. Like we, I run an e-commerce mastermind. Um, and uh, in the mastermind, we talk um, all about sort of new opportunities. And TikTok, I, I really believe is that new paid ads play. Uh, people are getting like one cent clicks or, or swipes or whatever you call them uh, on TikTok. I sound so old, <laughs> but, but it's definitely, it's definitely that next place, uh, that I think people are going to start investing in and start diversifying their traffic away from Google and away from Facebook. 
So do you mostly focus on Facebook or do you also um, focus on like TikTok or Snapchat type of advertising? We really focus on whatever is driving results. Luckily, mm -hmm. that still has been Facebook and Google, right? Yeah. Those two combined with with all the products that they have, Google Shopping, YouTube. Uh, YouTube's uh, entered shopping as well. W with all of these different, um, with all these different levers that we have to pull, um, to me, those are still the best return that we're going to get. We're just still really interested in dipping our toes in the other uh, ones because, you know, I can guarantee Facebook won't be around forever. Just, yeah. it's just the it's just how businesses go <laughs> yeah where did where does google fit into the picture what do you love about google right now when it comes oh to man PC? yeah i love google so speaking of the, you know this being a pr podcast we got the best possible pr that you can get uh at little and lively we got featured on google how did um, you do that I, they reached out to us i don't know <laughs> it was it was amazing i was like uh, like we got this email from Google, like, "Hey, can we feature you in Small Business Week?" And I'm just thinking about that backlink alone. Yeah, I'm like you can't you can't get a higher domain authority backlink than from the people who create domain authority. So can you just <laughs> break that down for the audience? I know what you're talking about, and like that's one of the things that I love about PR and how it can get you that backlink. But you know, to some PR professionals, that's not in their vocabulary, or maybe they're just not sure about it. So explain the significance of that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, and I'm not a huge search engine optimization freak or anything, but I, I, I know the basics. So, so basically think about it like a popularity contest, right? Um, you can say you're popular all you want, and you can say that you're the greatest person in the world, but until other people tell you that you're popular, and that's kind of what podcasting does for you too, right? You come on other people's podcasts and they're saying to you, uh, you're saying like, hey, this guy's okay. I'm going to have him on. So similarly with backlinks, from higher domain authority sources. Um, so if, you know, let's just say, I'm gonna use the previous president, let's say Barack Obama said, hey, Jordan West is an awesome guy. That is going to, to, to up my authority so much more than if one of the, you know, there's like, I'm trying to think of somebody who's not marginalized. <laughs> let's just say like my, my, my accounting neighbor next door said, hey, Jordan's an awesome guy. It's just not the same authority. He's not passing on the same authority to me. Similarly with backlinks, right? Where somebody creates, um, somebody backlinks to you from their website, they are giving you the authority that they have. They're transferring that authority over to you. So Google is the people who create authority, right? They're the ones who say this has authority, this doesn't. So getting a backlink from Google uh, is a really, really big deal because they're the, the ultimate authority. Congrats. Okay, so now I have an yeah. e question for you that <laughs> I think you're gonna love. So what do you say to clients when they are just looking at last click attribution? So I think I wanna just go into attribution just a Please little bit. Please do, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so attribution is one of those things that I pull my hair out on all the time. So attribution is basically attributing your marketing efforts to a sale, right? So there are so many different things that go into that though, because uh, so last click attribution only measures whatever the very last click was to the action. So somebody could have come to your site, clicked on a Facebook ad, gone there, browsed the website, and then in two days after they talk to their husband or wife about ma making the purchase, they come back on a different browser and they come direct to your website and you get no attribution for it, right? Um, or similarly, they've been waiting for this purchase for a while uh, to make this purchase and a Facebook ad pops up and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. I got to make that purchase, click on it and go over. Well, neither is really correct, right? Facebook right. didn't get the attribution on the first one. 
and they did on the second one, but the person was going to probably purchase anyway. Um, so last click attribution to me is not, is not super accurate. I don't really like the, I still haven't solved attribution. What I actually love the most thinking of attribution is actually just asking people, just, just doing po post-purchase surveys and asking like, Hey, where did you learn about us? Where did you find out about us? Cause that's what I'd love to know is what they, where they actually think that they found out about you. Um, yeah. And then focus more of your efforts uh, in, in that direction. Either way, I really truly believe that face that Facebook ads, and I'm not just saying this because I run a performance agency, but I feel like Facebook ads actually doesn't get enough credit. Um, we work with a lot of clients uh, who are just starting and they want to spend, you know, 10 or $20,000 a month on Facebook ads. And they're, they, they're not really doing many sales before that. And then suddenly their sales spike well beyond the return on ad, on ad spend that we're actually showing. Like, well, where did the rest of these sales come from? Because we all we've changed is running Facebook ads, right? But so we're seeing the ads and get the sales are coming from other sources. Totally. Right? The sales yeah. are coming from other sources. There's word of mouth. Um, and then what you'll, what you'll notice in Google Analytics is a lot of direct traffic, right? People plugging in your actual URL and just going straight there. And you can't really track that. It's so hard to track across different devices and platforms and all that sort of stuff. What you like, what, what I really focus on, especially as a business owner is money in, right? Money into the platforms and money out at the end of the day. So I spent a thousand dollars on ads and I got $10,000 $10, in sales. Yes, I cannot directly attribute everything perfectly, but I know that I know that I'm making money. Yeah. So it's super, it's super, super like rudimentary and, um, but I, I think that it's a, it's a great way to be able to track just like, hey, am I actually making money at the end of the day? Because that, that's, as a small business owner, that's really what matters is if you're profitable or not. Sure. So when you say performance marketing, what does that mean? Yeah. So performance marketing is just all about, to, to me, that's, I, I equate you're performance marketing performance, to the paid. Or? No, no, no. Just performance marketing being on the paid side where it's, okay. we're, we're really getting the, the job that we're doing is based on performance. We're not getting paid by performance, but we are paid to perform. Okay. Yeah. I work yeah. with some um, email marketing agencies that get paid by performance, you know, based on rev revenue generated a percentage. Totally. And, totally. And that's yeah. a great, a great way to go as well. And we've, we've done that in the past when we were a little bit smaller. Um, we did uh, performance, uh, we had like performance clauses um, in, uh, I think it just became for our accounting um, just became a really big headache uh, at the end of the day. And then once we, we got enough notoriety um, that people just trusted us, we just char charged flat, flat fees. So, so, so um, just about your agency um, in general, what are some of the things that you do to market your agency, whether it's public relations, like being on podcasts, like social PR secrets or any other, do you use Facebook ads for your agency? Can you give us any tips from an agency from your own, not just agency, but you know, having a biz your own business, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. So for, for the agency, some of the big levers actually are directories to be in. Um, we see the best traffic coming from a directory, a directory called Clutch. It's just absolutely amazing um, the amount, the, the good quality traffic that comes from them. I, people spend like four minutes on average when they come from that. Uh, those, there's two, two of these directories, um, Digital Agency Network and Clutch. I feel like I'm giving away the secret because it's just incredible for cold traffic coming to our website and people filling out forums. Facebook is another great, great place that 
we love to to still spend money on um, as an agency. And then and then really like I can't say enough good things about having your own podcast as an agency and, and in B2B. It's an incredible play for for tons of reasons. One of the biggest ones is I don't want to call it lead generation because it's not really lead generation. It's it's networking, right? So like I invite on onto my podcast, Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I'll invite on these CEOs of companies I could have never talked to before, right? They never would have taken my call if it was like a sales call or like, hey, can I uh, pick your brain for 15 minutes? Like that would have never happened. But now I invite them onto my podcast that has some notoriety and they'll actually come on. So like I had the CMO of Movement Watches on, like when could I ever talk to him? Like that's that, awesome. That, yeah. 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 And so like, it's networking and it's also top of funnel and it's also brand authority. Like I love when recommending to clients to have their own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really, I think what's helped us go from this small team agency. I think we were four or five at the time to, to now we're, I think we're 13 or 14 people. So it's, it's really changed uh, our business incredibly having our own podcast. And then next, the next level is just coming on amazing podcasts like this one. Yeah, I love that. So just switching gears, um, to, we, I just interviewed Cameron Harold the other day. He wrote the book, he wrote five books, but the book we talked about was Meeting Suck and Time Management. And now we could rename his book Zoom Meeting Suck. But do you have any yeah. tips when it comes to time management or just, you know, basically like your internal team management that would help other businesses or just, you know, just other professionals in general, especially now? Yeah, with time management. Oh man, I'm, I'm maybe not the right person to talk to with that because I actually only work nine till two every day and I take an hour lunch because I really believe in Parkinson's law that whatever time you have, you will fill with something. So I really value my three kids. I value my wife. I I would say that's pretty awesome time management. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. (laughs) Like you're our hero. You're my hero. And actually Cameron Harold used that same quote when I interviewed him, but my husband says it all the time too. It's so true. Like, you know, the, the less you have to do, the longer it takes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So I just, and actually it's funny because today is a totally an exception. It's two thirty six my time right now. And I'm like, I'm still, I'm still working right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can see it's um, getting dark where I am and I'm still working. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But I, uh, since I've switched over to that schedule, um, I have, I, I have gotten the exact same amount done, if not more, um, throughout my day. It's just really intense during that time. I've cut my, I try and actually cut my meetings down. So my podcast interviews, I cut down from an hour to 45 minutes and then I leave 15 minutes in between. So I'm not going meeting to meeting. Um, those, those kind of things have been really, uh, really amazing for my time management for sure. And taking a lunch, I just take an hour lunch every day and whether it's like with, you know, somebody who I need to get together with, uh, or not, I just make sure I actually have that time to sit down, eat, um, and talk with somebody. Yeah, I love that advice. Well, speaking of time management, I am also trying to keep these interviews down to around 40 minutes or less, but I want to touch on one other subject. You may or may not have tips on this. So one of the books that I wrote besides Social PR Secrets is called Digital Detox Secrets, and it's about work work life balance in the digital world. Sounds like you have a lot of it down pat with your time management, we'll but see. <laughs> is any, any other um, tips that you you do yourself or that, you know, you, you've heard or you like or sources on digital life balance, digital work-life balance. Yeah, totally. So this is a huge issue for me. If I have my phone on me, which I do right here, I will constantly be looking at it. Um, So like an alcoholic would get rid of all of the alcohol in their house. I get rid of my phone um, when I'm with my family. So I go and put it in the front drawer 
And then I have to consciously go to the front drawer, take my phone out and look at it um, if I'm going to. Uh, so that's a huge, like, it's actually incredible because then you're present. And that's, and that's something I really want in my life is to actually be present with people um, instead of like always be, being distracted by some next thing. Otherwise, then you're not really living. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to do that for Thanksgiving weekend when my family's all together. Nobody yeah, I even, I'll phone. ask people. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll totally I'll ask that. people like, hey, do you mind just leaving your phone um, over there? It's not that I don't want you to, you know, check if there's something important, but I, I think I'd prefer if we could just like talk. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, it's amazing. Awesome. Well, Jordan, this has been one of my favorite interviews and it's been very enlightening and motivating. Please share, you, you were talking about a URL that you wanted to share and, and where we can follow you. LinkedIn, you mentioned. Yeah, totally. So uh, yeah, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, I love connecting on LinkedIn. Um, even better, tell me that you heard me on this podcast. <laughs> so just search Jordan West on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Jordan-West-Marketer uh, on LinkedIn. And then for a URL, this is going to be, this is not the best URL in the world, um, but it's a great offer. So uh, if you are running an e-commerce store and you want us at Mindful Marketing to take a look at your account and see how things are running and see what we would actually do, that would be a little bit different. Um, we're giving away a free growth plan. Uh, so go to mindfulmarketing.co slash growth plan dash apply. <laughs> worst URL ever. I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. If, if you're not, if you don't feel like writing it down, don't worry. It'll be in the link in the show notes. Um, yeah. So uh, do, you, do you do um, like, it's very difficult if you, if you work um, working with products in the cannabis or CBD space, do you do any e-com or have any tips with that when you can't do Facebook ads? I, I, we don't work with, with those kind of companies. Not like I have anything. I, I live in BC, man. We're, we're all about that stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, as far as the marketing of it uh, is concerned, um, Google, there's still some, some wiggle room on Google okay. there. Uh, Snapchat uh, as well. Um, you can totally do CBD products on Snapchat. Uh, TikTok, I don't know about yet. But for those companies, um, build your list. Just continually build your list, give discounts if you can. Recart is a great um, resource for being able to build your messenger list. And again, you can use that. Oh, you can't send sponsored messages, but you can continually build your email list, your SMS list. I would just build yeah. all those lists as much as you can. Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, that's <laughs> su such great, great. Everything that you've shared is so, so, so valuable. So thank you so much. And we'll be sure to follow Jordan West connect with you on LinkedIn and I will put that URL in the show notes. Thank you, Jordan. That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.